Alana. Rick Hammond? It's around 10, 15 maybe in the morning. Yes. You <clears throat> went to bed around 10, 26 p.m. Wow, you even knew the time? <laughs> I'm keeping tabs on you, babe. Oh, jeez. I was Thanks. right next to you at the time. Oh. And I believe you woke up sometime around 8, 13 a.m. Wow, you're keeping track of that, too. I was already up. Yeah, yeah, I did. I slept for 10 hours, which I, I normally don't do. Nine and a half, but nobody's counting. Yeah, you are. Nine hours, 47 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Because I usually sleep eight hours, roughly, a night. Seven to eight hours, at least. I must have needed it. Yeah. I was listening to an audio program when you awoke. Mm-hmm. So, I re-signed up to Audible. Mm-hmm. Because while Bookshare mm-hmm. and Bard both have a lot of great selections. They do. And so does Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's things I just can't get that I really want access to. Ah. Audible also has these originals that they have. So if you're a member, you can listen to them, the originals, for free. Really? Mm-hmm. And the <clears throat> other night, I saw that Tom Morello... Mm-hmm. Formerly of Audio Slave, Rage Against the Machine, and Prophets of Rage, mm-hmm. put out this like really interesting lecture about his life. It's very okay. fascinating to learn about him. I don't, I didn't know a lot about him, but apparently he grew up in Illinois. Mm-hmm. He was the only um, child of mixed race at his school. Really? Everybody else was like super white. Really? His mom was an activist. So at one point, he tells a story. In the book about this white kid beat him up in kindergarten mm-hmm. and was using a bunch of racial slurs. His mom starts talking to him about Malcolm X and what Malcolm X would do. And he's like, but I'm five. And she's yeah, like, yeah. well, Malcolm would say this. And he's like, yeah, but I'm five. What <laughs> do well, I have to, yeah. Well, Malcolm recommends this. Well, I'm five. Mm-hmm. So then she showed him how to punch and he punched that kid out the next day. Whoa. Yeah. But this book is. Did the, he get in trouble for it? He didn't, he didn't say. Specify, okay. I don't think. Okay. This audio program is interesting because it brings up a question in my mind that is occurring, Mm -hmm. which is how much do you fight back and question the system? Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, babe? Uh, You mean when it comes to that? No, in general. What exactly do you mean? Okay. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. How much pushback do you give to the system? And the system could represent your parents and their way of thinking, religious beliefs, the government. Well, I didn't grow up in a family where I was allowed to question things, which um, I think that was very detrimental to my growing up because I didn't have, I didn't have the choice to question my parents' authority. Because there were some things that I did believe that they were telling me, but there are some things that I'm like, well, why? Why Why is that not okay? Uh, why can't I do this when, until I'm this age? And it could be an, a myriad of things. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to air out my, you know, my dirty laundry or whatever. Um, I've just, uh, over the years, I've I've just been questioning a lot of things, even things that um, have been told to me in different churches that I didn't believe was right. What's something that you've heard in the church that you have issues with? 
Well, it's kind of hard to explain because if you didn't have a church background, if you didn't have a church background, you wouldn't understand. But I will, I will just say for certain topics like, um, uh, hmm, let me think. I could go the creation route, but I've said that before. Um, uh, like, like prayer, for example. I guess I could maybe I could start as simple as prayer. There are people that believe things about prayer that aren't true. I went to churches where, and I didn't even, I didn't hear about, I didn't hear them personally say this, but I've heard people I know tell me that there are some people in church that believe that women that are not married should not pray aloud. And I don't think that's right. What was the rationale? Because they're unmarried. Because they are because they believe that their husband should be the ones praying, but they don't have any husbands. Um, in other words, they don't believe that women should be praying. And, and there's, nothing, there's nothing in scripture that would attest to that. When you look at religion in general, there seems to be a focus on oppressing women, I've noticed. Not necessarily. I'm talking about in general terms, I've noticed this. Okay. And that could be, that could be, um, I, I think a lot of it is very, is, is a, is a misconception. Now I do think that when it comes to Islam and, um, a uh, uh, side note, uh, uh, I hope, uh, any Muslims that are listening to this. No, that you hate them. No, I never said that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Fighting words, bub. Fighting tell me, words. Babes, tell me. Well, I would imagine that a woman living in a Muslim country wouldn't have the same rights as an American Muslim woman because, um, for, for, uh, and I would also think about the doctrine of Islam where women were not allowed to be accompanied outside of their house unless it was with a, a man, a male relative or, um, they weren't allowed to talk to a man by themselves. They wouldn't be allowed to drive by themselves. They wouldn't be allowed to go to school. It does seem kind of oppressive. It's very oppressive. They would have to wear um, a hijab. You know what those are, right? I do. I've yeah. seen women wear A burqa. Yeah. They have to wear a burqa over their, um, over their entire body so they wouldn't be seen. You could make the argument, though. That in some Christian circles, you're not allowed to pray to God, but a man is. And that's a form of oppression. Well, I don't agree with that. There's a lot of um, Christians that have the same beliefs that I do. Because um, a lot of the people that say that are kind of trying to uh, to twist, uh, to to make it into what they think is true. But there is actually nothing that actually backs that up. This is a recurring discussion with you and I. Yeah. But how do you know that you're not also trying to uh, manipulate the Christian doctrine to what you believe is true? Well, I I don't believe I am. Uh, and I say that because 
there are, there are things when it comes to when it comes to questions about that, like when I talked about the prayer question, right? Um, and scripture is and and scripture is open into uh, private interpretation. Having said that, um, when I've read when I've read uh, passages that have to do with prayer, I have to. And this is kind of hard to get into because a person that hasn't grown up in church would not understand this. So it's kind of hard for me to really go deep into this. Okay. I, uh, I, I, I can't, it's when hard. I, when I ask not just you, but other people that question, I always get these half-assed responses. Well, no, 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 and no. And I feel like my question is never fully answered. No, because it's, it's hard to discuss it with somebody that doesn't, that does not come from a church background. And that, that, is, that is true. It really is. You what you it would probably go over your head. It's something that has to be shown to you. I think. Let me rephrase the question. Okay. Have you ever wondered to yourself, "Am I just seeing what I want to see in the Bible?" Um, there were times where I have read things that I thought that I was interpreting correctly and realizing that I wasn't uh, because I um, because my understanding was was wrong. And the, the Bible is one of those books to where when you read it over and over again, you always get something you always glean from it um you always get something out of it that you'd never thought you did whether you misinterpreted a passage now granted having said that um you know there are things there there are passages that I've read that I thought I understood and realized that I misinterpreted it and you realize that because time had passed and you had read other things? No. Okay. No, because I mm-hmm. wasn't, I was not really, um, whether my mind wasn't focused, whether I w- just was not searching it out, you know, wh- whatever it was, I was just trying to think that it was my, I mean, because a lot of people like to cherry pick things and I never, I, I never wanted to be the kind of person that would cherry pick stuff and say, oh, well, this is actually saying this when it's really saying this. Do you think that there are contradictory things in the Bible? Uh, no, I don't. Really? No. Okay. I do not. I would. It's lo- only contradictory if I make it contradictory. If you make it contradictory. Yes. Okay. At some point, and I don't know when, this is, you know on a vast list of things that I want to do with you. I would love to study the Council of Nicaea. You want to study the Council of Nicaea? Mm-hmm. Why is that? I think it would be interesting. So I've told you this before that I don't want to go too deep into it, but supposedly there are a lot of Gospels that were cut out of the King James Version of the Bible. So I have a problem with this, and I'll tell you why I have a problem with this. Um, I have a problem with this because certain religious sects of Christianity, I'm not going to say who, but you have an idea of what I'm talking about. 
they like to add a lot of things to the Bible that that wasn't supposed to be there, and they weren't supposed to be there for a reason. And I've noticed, like in stories, or not stories. You remember that show in Mysteries of Mysteries of the Bible? Have you heard, ever heard of that show? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. The reason why I don't watch it anymore is because the these um. It's put on, there's these biblical scholars or so-called biblical scholars. I'm kind of, um, I don't watch it anymore because a lot of the things that they've said, um, I don't know that they're really credible. And I think that there is something to be said when you add to or you take away from the scriptures that have already been there and that are supposed to be there for a reason. The um, certain religious sects want to add stuff like maybe it's an extra text testament, an extra gospel, um, or they take away stuff like the New Testament. But how do you know that the historians you're listening to are credible? What's your barometer? Well, it does say very cl- clearly in Scripture, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about theologians here. I'm talking about actual Scripture about being judged for adding or taking away from the scriptures. And how do you know that that wasn't added? Through either translation or somebody put it in there. So maybe somebody translated the original text incorrectly. Or King James had that put in there. I don't think so. How do you know? Why don't you think so? Because there's a reason that the 66 books were counted in the entire Bible... At the end of the book of Revelation, it does say that anyone who adds to or takes away from these scriptures shall have their ha, shall um, shall pretty much uh, shall be judged for that. But it doesn't go on from there. It doesn't go on after Revelation. But a lot of people over the centuries have wanted or have um, claimed to have. I would I would highly question these sources. But why aren't you highly questioning your own sources? Because I don't think that the Bible is inerrant. But how do you know it was translated right? <laughs> well, I gave you a source, by the way, which you haven't listened to. I watched all the, all most the way of it. Through. And it was this film that had really bad production. And Yeah, but you didn't was... listen to all of it. It's and two, and I think there's another one coming out. It's again. like two hours long. I watched the first hour and a half of no, it. No, no, you have to listen to the whole thing. Okay. And I think you should start over. What I would say, at some point I do plan to start over, but the production quality is really bad, and most of it is dispatching Catholics. There's a, there's a, there, okay, but there are, they do make a really good case for it, and I think you should, I think you should put your feelings aside. I will give it another shot. I think you should but, put your feelings aside and look at this. And look at this as if you were studying it. Okay, but how do you know that that film is accurate? Like I said, they they make a really good case for it. They even use scriptures to back up what they're saying. They even talk about the italicized words um, that were uh, put in the the King James Bible to um, uh, why the italic why the italicized words are put in the King James Bible? They even right, but what hold I- on, hold on, just listen. I'm trying to explain to you. <laughs> you tickle too easily, <laughs> JLo. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> because you won't listen if I don't. <laughs> Go ahead. 
<laughs> Sometimes your lips have to be unbri- uh, bridled here. What else? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> what I'm trying... What I, oh, so, so I saw this... I actually plan to watch it again because it's, it's, it's really fascinating. We are not watching that on Movie Night, but keep going. No, I'm not watching it with you. I already have it on my computer. Okay. I don't need to watch it with you. I already have it. I think another one's coming out. Um, it is the only unauthorized Bible... That has been that has been put in the translation. Also, King King James had made sure that the translators were translating in the um, correctly from Hebrew and from Greek to English. And if they ever got it wrong, because he had to he had to review these. Um, he had uh, uh, translator translators review it. He also had to review it. A lot of people were put to death. Um, it also talks about um, the history between uh, Catholicism and and Martin Luther, which is which really does play um, which really does play a big role in this um, production. And I think I think this is produ- produced in the eighties, either in the eighties or the seventies. I'm not quite sure, so it's probably why it was really bad. But I think all all excuse me. But all I'm going to say, and then we can talk about something else because I think we should, is that I would, I would suggest that you start over again. I don't want to hear that you watched like an hour of it and you didn't finish it. I actually want to hear that you watched all of it. And I want you to put your feelings aside. And I want you to look at this as if you're doing research on it. Okay. I don't want, I don't want I... you to look at this subjectively. <sighs> Like, oh, this is just propaganda. No, I want you to look at this objectively. Like, what are they trying to tell you? But you still have an answer. First of all, refresh my memory. The film's called, like, Magic Lantern? or A Lamp in the Dark. A Lamp in the Dark. Okay, if anybody wants to check it out. It's called A Lamp in the Dark, yeah. I do not recommend this. Alana loves this film. It's it's very educational. That's one way of putting it. So It's I... educational. Well, see... Well, see, you're open-minded to a lot of things. I am, but... But you're not quite open-minded to this. You're I think, still missing the central point of my question. Let me... Let me. I, I know that it is true because I believe that it is true. I believe that the Bible is inerrant because I have an understanding... I have an understanding of what the, the, what the scriptures are, what they mean, um... And and it's it's hard for a person to understand that if a they haven't read it or or they haven't had a church background, and because um, and because they aren't um, uh, some people are not are not seeking God for understanding, and I'm I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to get into another debate. Can I ask you a question about this? No. Okay. I think we should move on. <clears throat> I'm going to present you with... No. <laughs> Let me talk to you. <laughs> I thought we were done. <laughs> if I wanted to make a documentary mm-hmm. and I had no money, I just had my iPhone. Yeah. Right? I could go out and find some people claiming to be biblical scholars. Mm-hmm. And I could make my own film contradicting everything that was in... A lantern in the dark with higher production value on just an iPhone. 
how would we know that my film is inaccurate and yours is correct? Well, what are you talking about? It would be very easy for me to create a documentary about the Bible that contradicts everything that the one you, a lantern in the dark says. A lamp in the dark. A lamp in the dark says. Mm -hmm. Why do you believe the experts in a lamp in the dark? Like I told you before, I believe, so I, I only watched this documentary once and I've been told about it. Um, I didn't even do that. I, I, Sorry, I, don't joke. That is a stupid All right, joke. give me a kiss. No. No, come on, because you're getting worked out. Fighting words. Come on, come on, babes. Come on, babes. No. Oh, come on. Just Are you going to be nice? I'm always nice. Give me a kiss. Mm. Come on. Okay. Ooh, do you No, that was that was a stopper. Go ahead. So so I watched this I watched this uh video once. Yeah. Um and I thought, oh Jesus is really long. Um and I um I thought, well, okay, I'm I mean, what do I have to lose? I, I've never watched this before. I really wanna see um you know, I really wanna hear their case against other versions of the Bible. And you actually, the reason why I listened to it is because I wanted to know, <clears throat> I wanted to know what their case was concerning versions other than the King James version of the Bible. And, um, because I grew up with a grandmother who quoted, who quoted that Bible and, and that Bible, that Bible was, um, quoted more times than any other Bible. I wanted to see what the difference is. And that was the reason why I wanted to listen to it. And, um, Thanks, Grandma. and they, I mean, I was very surprised that they went into, um, Catholicism, Lutheranism, um, and what came out of Catholicism and, um, through the ages and how people have been martyred because of their stance, um, against, uh, the Catholic church. And, uh, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of bloodshed. It was it was documented, and I'm not going to go into it because right. I want to save it. I want you to to listen to it. I I, I want you to listen to I it. I will, but you still haven't answered my question. Why do you think the experts on this film are telling the truth? I told you why. No, you told me why you watched it. No, I told you why. I told you why because I said that I believe that they backed up. Okay. I believe that they backed up their case because they used scripture to back up their case. They even um, scripts are what's going to have been altered. No. Bubs. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to talk about this anymore. If you're not going to listen to me, no, no, I'm no. not going to talk about this anymore. All right, babe, babe. I'm sorry. No. Can I get a kiss? No. Come on, come on. No. Oh, come on, babes. No. Come on, babes. You're not being good. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. All right, I'm sorry. Give me a kiss. <laughs> give me a kiss. Come on. Babe, do you want to give me a kiss? You know you want to give me a kiss. Come on. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> Mm. This, is a, this is a very few time. This is this is one of the few times where you actually see me really mad at him. <laughs> There's usually no reason to be. We can change the subject. Thank you. And I would be willing to uh, watch this. I, I, yes, to be fair, I think that if you are open-minded to listening to things that um, that uh, are based on religion, I think you should at least listen to this. I doubt I'm going to agree with it, but I'll give it a shot. Thank you. Yes. That's all I ask. Yes. Anyways, babes. Anyways.
Got a little bit riled up there. On to a lighter, uh, more happier topic. We watched a great episode of DS9 yesterday. Yes, we did. It was it was sad, though. The Ties of Blood and Water. It was really sad. The continuation to the episode Second Skin. J-Lo? Yes. Take it. Take it. Take it away. Um, so, um, what was that guy's name? Oh, to Kenny Gamore. To Kenny Gamore uh, was a Cardassian who believed that Kira at one time was his daughter because he was missing his daughter, Ileana, correct? Yes. Okay. So um, in the this is a continue a continuation of Second Skin. The Second Skin. And um, uh, Gamore Gamora decides that even though Kira isn't his daughter, he wants to. He still thinks of her as his daughter, because he hasn't been able to find Ileana for a long time. Like ten years. And ten they, years. He believes that she's dead. Yes. Well, Gamora comes to Deep Space Nine. He tells Kira that he has a Yarnfeld syndrome, or however you say it, Yarnfeld syndrome. I don't know something weird, and he's dying. He's dying, and he wants her to take care of him because he doesn't know how... Uh, he knows that he's the, the hour is going to be near for him to go. And then she has flashbacks about how it was when her father was dying because he was, he was shot, right? Was he shot? He was ambushed. He I was think ambushed. he was shot. Okay. And uh, he was having all these flashbacks about she how... Was. I'm sorry, she was having all these flashbacks about how it was when she was a part of the resistance and how um, she gloated on how many Cardassians that they killed. And in the midst of all that, her father was dying. And uh, I want you to continue. Please. Come back to to the modern age. Gal Dukat comes to the station. Alana's ex-boyfriend, Gal Dukat. What? Yeah, you used to date him. No, I didn't. Okay. I don't even know the man who plays him. <laughs> He's back there with Wayun. They talk, and he wants Legate Gamora taken to the Cardassian homeworld because he's dying. And he says, hey, we're going to treat him well. We know he's not. he doesn't have a lot of time left. Cisco knows that Galdicott is just, you know, feeding him some bullshit. They continue talking. He realizes he's not getting anywhere with Cisco. He gives a copy of Legate Gamora's war record to Major Kira Norris. She reads it and realizes that Gamora was involved. I can't. I can't remember. Is it Gamora or Gamora? Gamora. Not, no, Gamora is a city. Gamora. Okay. That's Gamora, not Gamora. That's why I keep going back. Not to be confused with Sodom and Gamora. Okay. Good. Gamora. Your favorites. <laughs> My so, favorites. Yes. That's yours. What if? So she realizes that Gamora was part of this raid that killed a bunch of spiritual leaders on Bajor. She gets really upset and mm-hmm. refuses to see him after she yells at him, basically. Yeah. He's dying. He's dying. She goes to the Bajoran temple and waiting outside is Constable Odo. Yep. They have a discussion. 
She's like, I can't uh, associate with this guy. He's a killer. Look at his war record. Yeah. And Odo's like, Major, I looked at his war record. He was only seven. He was only nineteen years old when he did this. Yeah. He was one of four hundred people. We don't even know if he even fired a, a shot. Right. Right. And then he says, you know, you could have gotten his war record before Galdicott if you exactly. wanted to. Exactly. Exactly. She has another flashback where she finally sees that her father is dead and not just dying. And he and she missed him by an hour. By less than an hour. Less than an hour. Yep. She decides to go and be with Legate Gamor one last time. She lays her head on his chest. He passes away. Fast forward, Bashir is writing up the... Death certificate. Death certificate. He finishes. They talk for a while. And that's pretty much where the episode ends. Oh, I almost forgot. Yeah. Uh, Gal Dukat wants to take the body back. Right. But Cisco explains that that's not going to happen. And then it flashes to Major Kira giving him, I believe, a Bajoran funeral. Right. Yes. Right. So so she's the one who um, sends him off. Yes. And I skipped the thing with the canard, but watch the show. Well, the canard was a funny, funny scene. Watch it, though. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. I, I like this episode a lot. I did. It was sad, though, but I, I always liked uh, Major Kira episodes. She's one of my favorite characters. She is such an in-depth character. Yeah, she's such a badass. She's, she's I mean, she was a terrorist, and she has PTSD because of that. Um, she had a relationship with Shakar, who used to be a part of the same resistance as her. Um She's into spirituality a lot. She's into spirituality a lot. Well, uh, um, when that one guy was um, trying to take over the uh, the position of emissary, she kind of accepted that, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's she's a very in-depth uh, character. I think she's great, babe. I do, too. Yes. I do, too, yeah. Yes. She, she survived a lot. She did. She's a good role model for for women, I think. I think so. And you know what's so interesting to me with old Star Trek versus new Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Um, in old Star Trek, they didn't have to announce this character is a badass bitch, for lack of a better word, right? It is lack of a better word. She just was. But it feels like with the new era of Star Trek, they always have to like go over the top with it. And make oh. you realize. Are you talking about the newest one? The yeah. newest installment? Like with Discovery or with Picard. It seems like they have to overemphasize it. Didn't you tell me that there was some, like, a little hint of, like, uh, wokeness in Discovery? That's what it seemed like from the first episode and everything I've read about it. Yeah. Uh, Picard had a lot of that, though. Oh, the really? new Picard. Oh, the new, the new Picard, not not the um, not the original one. Not the original one. The, the not the not TNG, but the new Picard series that's on CBS right now. Okay. And it felt like they're trying too hard to show that they're in a social justice. So, so they're kind of trying to get with the times. Yeah, and the thing you got to realize about Star Trek is it's always been super left wing, but they didn't have to announce their politics. It just was. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. An example yeah. I could give mm-hmm. if we were to contrast and compare. Mm-hmm. In the original series, George Takei 
uh, who is a Japanese American, yeah. was on the, the ship of the Enterprise. Right. And it wasn't announced that he's a Japanese American. He was just there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody knew that. They didn't have to say it. And he was part of the crew. He was a respected right. member. Right. Okay. I saw a clip from Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. and it's of this white guy yelling at this Asian lady about how I knew Asian ladies back at, all right, I knew uh, Asian people back at the academy, and I couldn't really trust them. Oh, jeez. And then he dies because he does something wrong. So they're, they're, they're drawing too much attention to the fact that they're diverse now, as opposed to just being diverse. I can't stand that. Does that make that. any sense? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like that, because... Just be diverse. Like yeah, because we never, we never thought about the, you know, we never thought about the fact that, um, that, uh, was that, was that Han Solo? No, not Han I'm sorry, that's Star Wars, Star Wars. Nobody hears about that. Um, that was a mistake I made. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I could say that nobody cares about Star Trek. Oh, whatever, keep going. <laughs> Man, you're being ornery this morning. No, I'm not, babe. Keep going, babe. You are. So are we. Ornery. Go ahead, babe. Um, no, um, I mean, no, yeah, nobody cares about the the fact that, you know, Benjamin Sisko just happened to be a black captain. Yeah. You know, no one cares about that. It was just that the show was really good on Deep Space Nine and that the show was good on TNG. And, you know, there was already diversity. There was already um, diverse characters anyway. So why does it even matter? Yeah. <laughs> why should it even matter? I mean, nobody, nobody should really care about that. One of the things that's great about the original series, which was shot in the 60s, when you watch a lot of television from that era, mm-hmm. you don't see black people in a position of power. Right. But on Star Trek, there's a couple times where you see people who are a higher rank from the captain than the captain who happen to be black. And mm-hmm. they don't make a big deal out of it. It just is. Well, like, okay, here's, I know this is a different example, but I used to watch the Drew Carey show back in the day, and I think towards the end of the show, uh, Drew Carey's character was, um, was dating a black woman. Okay. And I thought, okay, well, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't even care, you know, that she was black and nobody paid, nobody really, um, paid attention to that, I think when it came to like shows like the Hughleys, and which I didn't really care for, then I kind of noticed that they were, they were kind of paying attention to race. Mm. You know, the Hughleys are a black couple with two kids, and then Dave and Sally are their next door neighbors who happen to be white. I've seen like one episode of the Hughleys. I was not impressed. Okay, I was not impressed. I just did not. You know, I don't. I, I just feel like a lot of people are just paying too much attention on race, on religion, on on whatever it is, just to get with the times. I think it's something we've got to acknowledge, but we don't have to. That shouldn't be our only focus. It should. There should not. I mean, we shouldn't be focusing so solely on identity politics. Yeah. And I think I feel like there are shows that I can't watch because of that, and I I you know well, what does it matter? I do feel that the tide is going to start to turn a little bit. I hope you're right about that. Because people are, I I think, people are getting sick of it. It is. It's really, it's really annoying. Um, It's really, um, you're, you're pretty much what you're doing is you're putting groups of people, you're putting people in groups and marginalizing them even more. I think it's just, it's just not, um, not necessary anymore. I was watching, or rather listening 
listening to this podcast mm-hmm. that was a film podcast, and I tell you the name, but I just don't remember okay. because I only listened to a couple episodes. And they started talking about the show The Boys, uh-huh. which we are going to watch at some point. Okay. Once we're done with Star Trek. It's a great, great show. There's a character in it who's a female, and she's Asian. Right. And the reviewer of the show said, as a woke male, I can't watch this Asian character who is a female and she's mean, because what kind of stereotype (laughs) does that set? And there are enemies on the show who are black, and what does that say about our culture? Now, meanwhile, if you watch the show, you realize that there are some bad characters who are black, but there's also a lot of uh, bad characters who are white on the show. And one of the heroes mm-hmm. who is what is black. Mm-hmm. So the guy, it felt like it was like he was trying to like show how woke he is by hating the show. So he was kind of nitpicking everything based on identity politics. Yeah, that's just such a dangerous. I, that's just so. I mean, it just really ruins um, a show when somebody tries to do that. Yeah, I just think it. It you know who cares? You know yeah. why is it such a big deal? You know, I don't know. It's it's just, why? Why? I don't get it. I feel you, babe. Well, I mean, if I were, if I were to um, say, like, when I was, when I was studying music in college, okay, if I were a woke person, I would say, I am the first uh, blind Asian woman who who is in the music program, right? I, I mean, not only would I, um, not only would I um, do that, but I'm like, I, I'm thinking, uh, what is the point? There's no point to it. There really isn't. I I just think that um, wokeness just does not belong in in TV shows and everything else. Right, and it's a pushback because for so many centuries. People have been marginalized, mm-hmm. but it's gone too far the other direction, and society tends to course correct with these types of things, and I think we're about to see that. Have you ever heard, so there was a woman on Sesame Street who played Maria for years. She's a Puerto Rican woman, and I noticed that, you know, I noticed that it could go the other way where people say, oh, there wasn't enough Puerto Ricans in or blacks or what have you, whites that were not um, uh, that were not role models for their um, their ethnic their the, the people in the same ethnic background. Right. Have you have you ever heard that before? I've heard people say I've never seen myself represented on TV. What do you think about that? That's a. It's a really good argument. Yeah. So so here's where I go the other way. Yeah. I do think that it's good to see positive representations of all different types of people on TV. Yes. I think it's problematic when the producers of that show overly, overly compensate by making their main trait their race. I, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that because when I was watching Sesame Street... Um, yeah, Maria did speak in Spanish and she sang in Spanish, but it was never, you know, it was never, this um, is our Spanish friend. This is our Puerto Rican friend, right? It was never like, I mean, we already knew she was Puerto Rican and we already knew that, um, 
Luis, uh, the, the, the man who played in the Luis, who was Maria's husband, by the way, he's from Medford, Oregon. Did oh, you know that? I did not know that. He is from Medford, Oregon. Um, we just knew that they spoke Spanish sometimes and they sang in Spanish, but it wasn't, it was not like pushed on that they were Puerto Rican or whatever. They yeah. Were. They probably did other things too. Right. Yes, they did. Yes. So every, every time they referred to them, it wasn't about being Puerto Rican. And then they would, they would showcase, you know, they would show, uh, people that were, um, maybe that would sign, uh, that would do sign language, but it wasn't like, oh, this is, this is a deaf, this is our deaf friend, or this is our blind friend, or, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't their entire identity. And I feel like, like people are so, um, they're so focused on identity. They are. And I think it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's really annoying. (laughs) I've, now, this is going to sound racist, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, okay. no, no, I'm not going to use any racial slurs or anything or oh. anything crazy like that. Okay. I've noticed a lot of white women get upset about how minorities are shown on TV or in, just in general. Yeah, I totally understand what and you're talking about. And it's usually what I've noticed, white women who have money. Right. I would agree with you on that. Yes. I would agree with you on that. It's a really weird phenomenon. I, I, well, well, I think what, it's kind of like a guilt thing. Well, what, well there are... Um, I think it's kind of interesting that you say that because you don't hear a lot of that from... You don't hear a lot of that from minorities. Yeah, maybe some, but it's not a big... Not thing. a big percentage. In fact, you hear... Sometimes you hear um, minorities that are saying, why are these white men, women saying that? Yeah. You know, why are they, why are these elitists telling us how to think and, and what to do, uh, based on our race? What, what like do they have? They want to be the white savior. Exactly. And I find it really annoying. And a lot of them are young white women too. Mm-hmm. Who and, came from a two parent family. And... and they were going to the most affluent, they lived in the most affluent neighborhoods and they've uh, gone to affluent uh, schools. Right. And so, and I'm thinking to myself, okay. Why are you trying to lecture us? No, I don't think it's racist at all. I think you're. I think you are on. I think you're spot on. Actually, thank you. I would agree with you on that. Yes. And it's like, well, you don't hear a lot of minorities lecturing about. <laughs> no, maybe some, a small percentage, not a lot. I think everybody else is just as tired as we are hearing hearing those people say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, babe. Well, it's also the, uh, it's also the, um, it's also older black men saying that too. Okay. I won't mention their names. I don't know them personally, by the way. Denzel Washington. No, not Denzel Washington. My brother. Okay, I can say it. Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. Yeah, but they're, they're trying to get money. They already have a lot of money. They don't need to get any more money. I heard this thing that Jesse Jackson was... I think this was in like 2000. He was protesting NASCAR. What? Because he didn't think that they had um, enough black executives on their board. Uh-huh. So they hired a black guy. Yeah. Jesse Jackson stops protesting. Okay. Now, it happens to be when you do the research that the black guy they hired was Jesse Jackson's son. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why he stopped 
because 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 it's actually related to this guy. I heard that the same thing happened with Anheuser Busch as well. Anheuser Busch. I went to I I went to visit. I went, took a tour of their brewery in St. Louis. But that's another topic. That's another topic. Was. It was fun. It was okay. um, it was interesting to learn. And then they had these Clydesdales. Yeah, you told me that before. Beautiful Clydesdales. Very good, baby. Did you get to ride them? No, 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 no. Um, my friend took pictures. Oh, that's cool. And there, and I think there's another, um, there's another tour that you can take about the and, and you're learning about the Clydesdales. That would be interesting to me. Yeah, it was an interesting. I wasn't sure if I was going to like the brewery because you know some people like to drink beer and I don't. And my friend didn't, and so, but we were able to get um, sodas at the end, and the sodas, the the syrup in these sodas were really good, actually. Um, but the brewery is kind of interesting. What I didn't like about it is um, the the smell of hops. Ugh. I like the smell of hops. Ugh, ugh, it was bad. I've told you that I wanted to do like. Ugh. A, I, we're not, I'm not making kombucha right now because of, I'm having some indigestion problems. Yeah. Uh, next summer I will, though. But I've told you that I want to do like a ginger root beer kombucha to where I take a little bit of... I ferment it with root beer, some ginger root, and a little bit of hops. So it's Ugh. like a ginger root beer kombucha. That sounds really disgusting to me because I don't like root beer. <laughs> yes. You Ugh. like quark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like root beer. But I also have to remember that he's a, he's really a human, he's a, a human. human, a human. I never liked root beer. I think it tastes like medicine. I like root beer. Ugh. But I like the like A and W root beer. Yeah, I heard A and W is really good. Um, but I don't drink soda that much anymore. I think the last time I had any was with you. Yeah, because we went to um, we went to uh, to Bloodworks Live. And they had 7-Up in the fridge. And I said, do you want to share some 7-Up with me? And you're like, okay. Yeah, we shared one. We shared one, yeah. Like, almost six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Guess babe. But I don't... I I think hops are... I think hops smell so gross. Wow. We disagree on that, babes. Yeah, we do disagree on it. But could we agree on last night's dinner that it came out really well? Yes, it did. Talk about it, Jay Lo. We made tostadas, and I've never made a tostada before, and I haven't had them in years. I think the last the last time I had a tostada, I might have been seven years old. That's how long it was. Wow. And so we made um, we made it with beans and onions and avocado. Fresh. Fresh avocado, which actually it was a, it was it was good from uh, Walmart, and as uh, fresh as you can get from Walmart. As fresh as you can get. And then we we put some kale instead of lettuce, and it, it tasted really good with the kale. And that salsa you got, babe, was delicious on it. Yeah, the the, the chunky salsa from oh. Walmart, and then um, we had the honey honey playlist, which yep. had songs from a bunch of different artists. But some of them were good. Yeah. And then we had um, some shredded cheese and sour cream, and that was it. It was really good. I had two tostadas. He had three tostadas. Yeah, I wanted some this morning, but she's like, no, okay, we'll eat apples for breakfast. Well, I'm sorry, bub. No, that's okay, babes. We can make some later. Oh, that's okay, babes. If, if, if we want to. I love you, babes. I love you, too. I was surprised mm-hmm. while we were listening to the Honey Honey playlist. Mm-hmm. They played the Chris, Staples, the Chris Stapleton song, Tennessee Whiskey. And yeah. you had never heard of this man. I don't think I have. I'm... I think you may have mentioned him, 
but I, I don't think I have heard of uh, Chris Stapleton. Good song though. It was a good song. Two chords. Yeah. Yeah, babes. I guess. Yes. 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 Babes. Yes. We watched two movies last night. Two we... chords and two movies. Two movies. Yes. Yes. Um. So we watched uh, Joe versus a Volcano, which for some reason I didn't see. I don't know why. I had this idea that Tom Hanks' character was dying or thought he was dying. I was certainly right about that. <laughs> but uh, why don't you start with it? Okay. The movie opens up. Joe is headed towards work. It looks like his office is in a basement. Very bad lighting. You know, nobody's happy. The boss is just horrible. His boss is Nick Tortelli. Well, Nick Tortelli isn't his name, but, you know, he's a horrible boss. I know him as Nick Tortelli from Cheers. You gotta get the characters right, folks. Loretta wasn't there. Frank, uh, what's his name? Frank something. Frank something. He was also... um, He's also Mel Horowitz on Clueless. Yes. Great movie. Yes. Anyways... Nick is talking to some guy on the phone. Harry. <laughs> Harry. Was it Frank, I thought it was. Wasn't no, 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 no. He was talking to a guy named Harry. He's like, I understand that he can do the job, but can he get the job? Because he's trying to find a new, um, some more people for his office. Yeah. Joe sits down, turns off the fluorescent light above him, and takes out his own light. Uh... Frank comes and yells at him about something and tells him to take out his own light. Mm -hmm. So he takes it out. He goes to the doctor, played by Robert Stack, who tells him that he has a brain cloud and that he's going to die within six months. Robert Stack is so good. Just the way that he sounds, he really still reminds me of of him being um, on Unsolved Mysteries. And it works in this film. You know what I mean? You have a brain cloud. Yes. (laughs) If you want more information. <laughs> Call 1-800. What is it? We're, we don't have to give it up. Anyway, it was really funny. It was, I mean, I was just laughing because I'm like, he really, really sounds like a nerd. But I, I, didn't, I didn't know that he was an actor. Yeah. He was on the original Untouchable series back in the 50s. Wow. And I think he worked with uh, your girl, Annette Funicello, at some point. My girl? Why do you keep saying that? She adopted you, right? What? No. Oh, okay. No, she's dead now. Okay, but I thought when she was younger, she adopted you. Oh, goodness. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Get, get back to the film, babe. Mm-hmm. Joe goes back. He quits his job. He goes out with Meg Ryan. They're having a great date. At the end of the date, they're making out his place, and he says, listen, I'm dying. She says, I'm leaving. This is, um, I have to, I have to um, respond to this. This is uh, her character, Dee Dee, who is who used to work with uh, Joe at the office. Right. Okay, we, we should put that... We should say go. that Meg, Meg Ryan plays three characters in this movie. Okay, babes. Yes, she does. She does. Yes. The next day, Joe is strumming his ukulele. Yes. And Lloyd Bridges comes to his house playing a character. He says, listen, I'm a very rich man... I want you to go to this island and kill yourself by jumping into a volcano. If you do this, I will get these this mineral rights. Because this society believes that 
somebody has to jump in this volcano and sacrifice themselves once every hundred years. Right. And it's been 99 years and 11 months since the last one. Mm-hmm. And if you do this for me, I will make the last 20 days of your life great. Here are some credit cards. Have some fun. Yep. I'm going to skip over some stuff for the sake of time. Yeah. But he lands in L.A. And Meg Ryan picks him up from the airport. Angelica. Oh, yeah. Angelica is one of um, his daughters. And she's kind of eccentric. One of Lloyd Bridges' daughters. Yes. Yes. He's real. She's really eccentric. And she writes poetry. And her poetry isn't that great. Would but... you like to hear my poem again? Would you like to hear my poem again? Okay, so she takes him around the town, drops him off. He spends the night staring at the beach. Yes. He comes back the next morning. Yes. She gives him a ride to the boat mm-hmm. where we meet Meg Ryan. Who's, who's third? What are you doing, babes? Oh, I'm, I'm kind of laying down a little bit. Sorry. Uh-oh. Uh, what's the, the third character she plays, babe? Patricia. Patricia. Patricia is the half-sister of Angelica. And Tom Hanks' Joe calls her Patricia. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, I thought he. Called no, her no, no. He keep. She keeps calling him. Um, she keeps calling him another name. I forgot what it was. Why did I think that she called him Patricia? You made that up, bub. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. You made it up like you make a lot of stuff up. No, I don't do that. But it's funny. Thank you. <laughs> he gets on the boat. They go to sea. They get to know each other a little bit more. And there's this big, big storm that comes in. Patricia gets flung off the boat. Mm -hmm. Joe jumps into the water to rescue her. He finds this luggage that he bought that's really big and really nice. He puts her on top of the luggage, finds another piece, connects the two. Mm -hmm. Connects the two pieces of luggage, and the boat is hit by lightning and drowns. They eventually make it to the island... Joe is greeted by the chief. and The, the Waponi people, by the, the way. Waponi people who are really into orange soda. Yes, the Waponi Woo. That's the island. Waponi Woo. Yes. It means, <clears throat> what is it, Little Island with Big Volcano? Yeah, Little Island with the Big Volcano. Or yeah. the, with a volcano or whatever it is. Yes. They have a fun day. Joe was taken up to the top of the volcano. He's about ready to jump in. When Patricia... Uh, Patricia... Says that she's in love with him and wants to get married. Yep. The chief does a very quick ceremony. Very quick. <clears throat> Patricia walks with him to the edge of the volcano, and they both agree to jump in together. Yep. They take a leap, they fall in, and the volcano pushes them out yep. safely into the water. Yep. And everybody else on the island dies. Including the chief. Yes. And, and all the island is burned up. Luckily for Joe and Patricia... Uh, Patricia, yes. They see the luggage. They get back on board. They have a lantern. They're having a conversation. And Patricia realizes that Joe's doctor set him up because he works for her father. So he's not dying. And they live happily ever after. That was a very strange movie, but I liked it. A lot of funny parts. Strange. Yes. Yes, it is. It's not my favorite movie, but it's fun. <clears throat> it's good to watch once in a while because it, it, it has so many cool twists and turns in it. 
That is so weird. It's like he went to the island for nothing, pretty much. No, but the point of the... <clears throat> it also had to do a lot with conquering his fears. Right. Because he's basically a hypochondriac when the movie starts. Yes, he and is. And he's not living life to the fullest. So there is a point for to him going to that island. That is true. Mm-hmm. Even though the volcano... Uh, uh, the volcano... Uh, blew them out <laughs> into the water. He never would have met Patricia if he didn't go. Right. And presumably now, he's going to make a ton of money. Yes, he is. Because Patricia's father is loaded. Yes, he is. Yep. Yes, he is. And they lived happily ever after on their two pieces of luggage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming they got discovered at some point. <laughs> yeah, it was just so funny how it ended. Yes. Like, you wouldn't think it would end that way, but it, it was funny. Great movie. No, very good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Very good movie. You're glad you watched it. I did. I, I, I thought it was entertaining, and I thought it was funny, and, and very odd, but, you know. Have I shown you any movies that you didn't like? Um, hmm. Uh, no, I don't think so. Good. I've, I, I'm glad my track record is held steady. So far. Yes. Um... I know that there was at least one movie that you didn't like that I showed you, but did you do you think that most of the movies that I showed you were pretty good? Most of them are really good. Yeah, good. Yes. Good. Now, mm-hmm. my dear. Yes. Would you like to talk about a league of their own since you've sat up again? Yes, I did. A league of their own is a movie that I haven't watched in years. Years. I think the last time I watched it, I was a teenager, so there are some things I forgot about it, but, um. So, uh, it's based on a fictional story about a real-life women's baseball league. This is going on uh, during the war. World War II. World War II, in the 40s. And while their husbands are away, or their boyfriends are away at sea, the women have um, formed a league. And it was kind of funny um, thinking on that uh because and I'm I'm not going to get that to that until later because of the um, the skepticism that people had about this league, right? Are may, they? May I interrupt you for one second? Yes. With kind of a technical point. What? They didn't form the league. The way I understand it is, Gary Marshall started it and he recruited them. All right, all right, all right. They were recruited. They were recruited into a league and they for, and they and that's how their league began. Um, John Lovitz was their talent scout. I was wrong. He was not their manager, their talent scout. Go ahead. And after they, um, what, where did they go to? Um, they went to Chicago. After they uh, were able to recruit the women, they went to Chicago and um, started, started the league there. Uh, John Lovitz flees the scene. Um, Gary, Marshall meets, <clears throat> Gary Marshall meets Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is this, like, abrasive drunk guy. And we think that he used to be a professional baseball player. Yes, yes. yes. And he is recruited to be the team's manager. And at the, in the beginning, the girls don't know how to deal with him because he's abrasive, he's loud, he's... Um, May I interrupt you again really quick? What? I think he's technically their coach. Like, I, Well, I, their manager, coach, whatever. I think they're, they're two different roles on professional well, baseball. Would you let me continue? Oh, sorry. I'll, I will. I will share that now. Thank you. Okay, manager, coach, whatever he is, he manages their team. Am I right? Go ahead. Thank you. 
So the girls don't know how to deal with him because he's he's a he's he's a guy, you know, it's it's like their team their team isn't doing very well. Um it also focuses on these two sisters named uh Kit Keller and Dottie Hinson. Dottie Hinson is really good with baseball and a lot of people want her autograph cuz she's pretty and she and she's also really active. Kit Keller is just the 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 little sister who um Dottie Hinson is played by Gina Davis Gina Davis and uh, Kit Keller I believe is uh played by Lori Petty. Uh you recognized her. And um so it's this rivalry between Dottie and Kit. Well, they both you you observe this where they both uh, joined two women's teams, correct? They were initially on the same team, but then Dottie accidentally gets her sister transferred. I do remember that, yes. And that she was really upset over that. So she gets transferred to a new team. Sorry. That's right. Um, she gets transferred to a new team in the series. Um, there's a lot of things that happen. There, there's some really, really funny scenes in that movie. Um... Um, Madonna, Madonna is May. She plays all the way May. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell, what was her name? Doris. Doris. So May and Doris are good friends and they're really good on the team. Um, and then there's Dottie and then there's that, that, that one lady that's kind of like prim and proper. I forgot what her name was. Uh, she's the one that the (laughs) coach kisses. (laughs) Tom Hanks is like. Slaps it on her. Yeah, and she's like, like ah! <laughs> <laughs> That was a great scene. Remember that scene when he went, he was peeing? That was awesome. I'm like, They're like trying to talk to me. This doesn't say anything. And the girls are like right there in the bathroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, that was a lot of pee. <laughs> you think he said he's like, Shh. It's like, wow, that was a lot of peeing. <laughs> so... So you don't know what's you you don't know what's what to expect from him and uh the girls. Well, fast forward uh, one of the girls, I think it was Betty, she finds out that her husband dies. And she's really 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 torn about it. All the girls are gathering around her. Um there's supposed to be no crying in baseball. There's no there's supposed know. to be no crying in baseball because one of the ladies, Evelyn, who has a child, um, was crying, and he didn't allow her. He didn't allow her to cry, but he allowed Betty to cry. And I think it's because he, um, he was uh, becoming sympathetic towards the girls because now he was their their manager. And, um, and then, so so Betty's husband dies. Dottie starts crying because she's thinking that her husband's dead. And there shows up her husband, Bob, who's played by Bill Pullman. Yes. The great Bill Pullman. Would you agree? I would. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard he's a nice guy, too. Yeah. And um, he uh, he goes to see her. They decide they want to move to... They, they said they want to go back home to Oregon. Well, she tells the coach. Coach is really upset and says, you know, this is your... You know, this is what really excites you. This is your life. And she's basically saying, I don't want this for myself anymore. I want to have kids. So she goes to Oregon. Fast forward. Um, I don't know how long it is, actually. And then 
And then before they're, they're playing their game, this is before the World Series, she comes back and says, well, I decided I want to play. Can I, can I tell you something? Or do you want me to? Yes, go ahead. She never made it back to Oregon. She never made it back to they Oregon. They were driving. And then I think they decided to rejoin the team on their way, but they had only made it as far as, I want to say, the Grand Canyon. Okay. So they didn't even make it to Oregon. But my point being is that she came back to play one last time. And uh, she decides that she doesn't want to go to the World Series with them. They lose the game, unfortunately. At the World Series. They did, they, they did lose a game at the World Series, and um, Kit's team won. But, so she, she doesn't, she, um, she decides that she's going to go back to her husband, um, back with her husband to Oregon. She says goodbye to Kit. And fast forward, uh, Dottie didn't want to go back to see the women, but she does anyway. And there's all these women. There's Marla. I can't remember who plays Marla Hooch. Um, May and Doris. Um, unfortunately, uh, Evelyn dies. But his, her, her son, Stillwell, which is kind of a weird name, um, shows up. A grown man. <laughs> She's kind of, he's kind of the agitator of the, yes. <laughs> of the team. Really causing a Hot number man. of problems. Yeah. Um, he was not a good kid. And um, it was a great movie. It was, it was over two hours long, but I really, really liked it. I am so glad you made me watch this movie. It's a great, great Lots film. Yeah. Great, great film about a women's baseball league and all the chaos that ensues with it. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, I'm glad you did. Yes. 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 Especially when they sing at the end their theme song. That was great when they were all coming together and seeing each other for the first time in years. That was actually very touching. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're so old. And when she runs into Stillwell and he's like, hey, do you remember me? You're, You're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. And she's like, Stillwell Angel. Yes. You know, and, and his mother just doted on that little boy. Mm-hmm. Was not disciplined at all. He's eating the candy. He's putting his hands over the driver of their bus as he's on the road. Yeah. And she's not doing anything about it. And then it. he's he's eating candy, and she's like, Stillwell, don't eat the wrapper, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and then remember when he's like, you're not going to win. You're not, and, then, and then the coach throws the ball at him. That was great. And then she's like, he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. And he's like, oh, yeah, now the bus is filled with Stillwell's toys. <sighs> that would make me upset, too. <laughs> yes. But no, it was, it was a good movie. If you haven't watched it, I, I suggest you do. Uh, Madonna also made a song for this movie, which I really liked, that was called uh, This Used to Be My Playground. Okay. It's a good song. Interesting. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this, babe. We had a fun movie-watching night last night. Yes, we did. It's going to be great again, hopefully, with Inner Space and You've Got Mail. You Got Mail, I think, is a really fun romantic comedy. I think you would like it. I've not seen it. I'm looking forward to it, though, babe. You you may not, you know, you may like other... I, I honestly think it's better than... Um, uh, it's better than Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, I like Sleepless in Seattle, but I didn't love it. 
yeah. So, um, you got mail is I heard that it was like a um, it was kind of it was based on a movie called Shop Around the Corner, which was an old movie about a a bookshop. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Cause Meg Ryan in uh, You Got Mail owns a bookshop. That's all I'm gonna say. Very cool. Yes. I now Dave Chappelle is in it too, right? Dave Chappelle? I heard somewhere that he was in You Got Mail as like Tom Hanks' friend. Uh it, it may be true. I mean I haven't I I only saw it like a couple times, so I I have to I don't remember. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoa. Excuse me. Yeah, wild, babe. Excuse me about that. That's okay, babes. Um, I think uh, you'll just have to see when we watch it. Do you, we haven't really discussed mm-hmm. what next weekend will look like as, as far as film watching goes. So I thought that it would be fun to watch a couple of fun baseball movies that you haven't seen. Um, what was it? It was Ladybugs was one. And then there's a Sandlot, which I mean, they're both like family movies, but I think you would enjoy it. Let's. Well, here's an idea. What if instead of Ladybugs, because I'm thinking that one might be particularly hard to find. Really? W- yeah. Um, what if we did the Bad News Bears, which mm-hmm. you haven't seen, and Sandlot, which I haven't seen. Yeah, the Sandlot is great. I used to watch. Well, I thought it was great because my sisters and I used to watch it when we were teens. And not only that, but she had the biggest crush on one of the, um, she, she thought one of the actors were, was really cute in the movie. Bow, and it's just kind of a fun, bow, bow. oh jeez. Go ahead. No, it was a fun movie. I think that could be fun. Yeah. Bad News Bears and the, and the Sandlot. So the Bad News Bears, what is the, um, I only heard that it's, a, it's with the, a Little League baseball team, right? Yeah. Walter Matthile plays a man who's hired to coach this team. And they're, let's just say that they're not the best team in the world. Uh-huh. Isn't I, Tatum O'Neill in that one? Yes, she is. She plays the daughter of one of Walter Matthiles' ex-girlfriends. And he recruits her to help with the team. She's okay. good in the movie. She's really good in the movie. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that would be, that would be interesting to watch that film with you. And when, when did that come out? 19, I want to say like 73. Five, I could be wrong, but somewhere around that. Yeah, I heard that she was in a movie with her father, and it was called Paper Moon. I've never seen it, but I keep meaning to watch it. I heard that she almost got an Oscar for that. I don't know if that's right, but she but she did a really good performance in Paper Moon. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so that could be one night. And then I'm thinking, we've talked about doing a Faye Dunaway night before. What do you think about doing Chinatown and Network one night? I don't know. I'm not really familiar with Faye Dunaway. This would help you get more familiar with her, babe. Okay. What do you think? What do you think of Chinatown and Network on Friday, and then Saturday we do the Sandlot and Bad News Bears? Uh, possibly. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you uh, digest that, babe. Okay. okay. Yes, good, good nights of film watching. Yes, did you have any dreams last night? I did. I had a couple of them. They were kind of weird. If I remember correctly, the first dream I had was... I had to lie down again. Sorry. Sorry. Tummy's not doing good. Uh-oh. Um, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. So I had a dream that there was somebody in my family that was having a wedding. Um, 
and I don't remember who was getting married, and then there was some guy named Jim in the story that wanted to, like, kill himself or something. It was weird. Um, the next dream, there were these two women that were, I think they were on, they were in court or something, and they were, um, pleading their case against a bill that had to do with, like, the death of students or something, and both women were crying. It was weird. I don't know. Interesting, babe. Maybe I've been watching too much, uh, true TV or, uh, something like that. That's possible, babe. You do like those, like, kind of reality shows about no that. true tv is actually like actual court cases interesting okay a true tv which used to be called court, court TV. tv i i used to watch it back in the day i mean i haven't watched it in a long time because the only way i would watch it is if i was at my aunt's house but i don't watch it all the time sometimes it's kind of interesting yes but maybe i've been watching too many like mysteries or whatever anything's possible j-lo right yes Babe, I know your stomach's hurting. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, not at the moment. Um, what about you? Nothing that I can think of. Um, do you feel better? Do you feel like I'm still being crappy? Um, I think you're. I think it's better now. Okay, I don't think I was crappy. I think I was just having some questions. On we. Oh, baby, I don't think I was on we. But that is a subject we can revisit at another time. Because I, I, it looks like you're in pain. A little bit, yeah. So we can wrap it up. Okay. Okay. I hope you uh, recover, Jay Wool. Yes, I will. And, uh, yeah, till next time. Till next time, hopefully, everybody. Hopefully Alana won't be in pain anymore. Thank you. Happy Saturday. Yes. Be shouted. I think we may have gone at it too hard last night after what? the movies. What? Okay. Whatever. All right, babes. I love you. Do you want to give me a kiss? Uh, oh, come on, babes. Come on, babes. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Mm. Mm. Oh, stop, stop it. All right, babes. Okay, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Until next time. Until next time. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>